0: On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're battling McCarthyism along with Matt Bomer in Fellow Travellers on Paramount+. Plus, Investigating things that go bump in the night with Apple's spectacular documentary, The Enfield Poltergeist, and taking a Lenny Henry eye view on the Windrush generation in Three Little Birds on ITV. Plus, Jacob Anderson joins us on the show this week to talk about his fantastic turn as Louis Dupont-Dulac in Interview with the Vampire. Who does he play? Louis Dupont lac You love Simon. I do like Simon. Louis yeah. Dupont Lac. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that toyed with the idea of changing our title to Pilot TV colon Boyd Hilton dash uh, the Book of K, but ultimately rejected the idea on account of it being entirely <laughs> stupid. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit in the news section, book or no. Kay is indeed among us. Hello, Kay. How are you Hello, doing? Hi,
1: James. I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. Uh, and Boyd Hilton is currently walking on air because he did a very exciting interview mm. yesterday. Isn't that right, Boyd? Oh, yes. Yeah. True. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, we can say. I think Britt Marling. Yes. Co-creator and star of The OA, the greatest TV series ever made. Yes. Obv. And um, about her new... Their new, her their new show, a uh, murder at the end her of the world. Heron Zal, her Zal back her co-creator, um, coming to Disney Plus early November. Yeah, and what type of interview was it, Boydie? It was a two-pronged Zoom interview, including a spoiler special one. Yes, which we're going to have to store until the till like Christmas. I know. But what a Christmas present! What a right? Christmas present!
1: Was it like the best day? In your life,
2: it was one. It would have been an even better day if I hadn't have had the stress of the fact that my microphone wasn't working. Now, 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 crucially, boydy, why wasn't the microphone working? Well, I think I dropped it at right. some point. Yes, and, user um, error. We're saying. Yeah, and so. Britt and her um, publicist couldn't hear me I didn't know what to do and at one point I was thinking And I also, I, it was a race against the clock because I was hosting the Breeders screening like about 15 minutes after this interview was due to end oh, God. so I had 40 minutes booked with Britt and then I had a 50 minute window and then I had to walk to um, this this Breeders thing that was literally 50 minutes to walk from my flat oh, not God. I'm getting sweaty palms just listening to this but the thing I did not account for in this tight schedule was this technical hitch and to be honest I dropped the mic like yesterday so well, I didn't a, even a mic drop my mic <laughs> no, I dropped the mic I, I had a mic drop <laughs> I, I accidentally dropped the mic yesterday or whatever so I I didn't even realise that was the problem I, I they could hear I, I heard a very distorted version of them their end and then they could hit, couldn't could hear me properly I was thinking what was going on so I rebooted my computer and I was thinking at one point I was thinking I'm going to have to call James Dyer because <laughs> what he might know tech what support. the yeah, <laughs> solution is to this hellish nightmare of a fucking Zoom tech problem and I'd have said boy don't drop your microphone and you know and then I in my mind I said do you know what you know what you dropped this fucking microphone yesterday and I thought I'll just to unplug the microphone and use the computer's and uh, mic and that worked was and that all like, in the yes. space of a few and minutes and that was literally 10 minutes it, after the 10 minute delay so I just had enough time mm. to do the two uh, podcasts with Britt, who was in absolutely fantastic
0: form I have to say I look forward to listening to this echoey yeah. tinny audio that we're going to have to deal with so thank you
2: for that <laughs> sorry I, I, I did t- just before I went out to do the bre- breeders thing I thought I'm going to have to check that it, uh, you can hear me at all otherwise I'll be you'll be devastated and I uh, and you can hear that's me that's the
1: difference between us because you checked I wouldn't want to check yeah, just no, I just send it to James because I can't I, bear to no, know no I
2: would have been, <laughs> been too stressed out I would have been too stressed out because then I would have had to have like you know who used to do I think Steve Wright did that when he, when he was on radio too he used to do his questions record his questions separately from the answers yeah so I might have had to do that for ADR ADR, A little bit yeah. of ADR you're looking mm. at me like I'm like I'm mad yeah but it did it does happen, it mm. did happen. so yeah it was stressful initially then absolutely brilliant because she was on stupendous form remembered that I met her in the you know she I bang on about every other week um in that forest in San Francisco when I watched her filming the LA <laughs> <laughs> and um I know and I asked her about uh, the O. but I won't spoil it but uh,
0: yeah, I thought it was very exciting. Some OA chat as well. Sorry, oh, I, chat I look forward to well. hearing this.
1: Boyd meets a lot of great people, but he's never really you know, like he he'll tell you about it, but he's never super duper you know, like he mm. he tempers his excitement. The reason why I know he was excited because he instantly uh Message the group with Britt Marling is the greatest person in the world. He did, Mm. he
0: did. Yeah, an interview at the end of the world with Boyd Hilton. (laughs) Very good, very good. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, well, obviously, we've heard who you've been talking to, but what have you been watching, Boyd?
2: Well, I have been watching a few programs that begin with the letter B. I'll tell you about Breeders, yes, Bosch, yes, no, not Bosch. (laughs) I want to get around to Bosch, I might save Bosch. Because I like Bosch as well. You're not the only Bosch fan. I like there. Bosch as well. See, this this is
0: a revelation to me. I did not know that you were a Bosch fan. That's blown my well, mind.
1: Well, but on a Another podcast we used to do together. We actually reviewed it then, and he mm. got in touch with us via Twitter, saying, I
0: mean, "Who yeah. Bosch? Harry Bosch, the fictional character. Titus. Uh, Titus, Ever. Yes. Yes. Who has been on this very podcast? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. He's so mates we've... with James. Is mates with him practically. didn't he? You did a Q and A with him, didn't you? I may or may not have his phone number. His phone number. Yeah. Oh, still stalker. Yeah. Salk, talk, stalk, talk, yeah. talk. Yeah.
1: God, this is Arnie um, all over again. <laughs> yeah. So we. I mean,
2: it's a rare moment where we all like the same thing. Yes. And, yeah. And yet we didn't review it. No. I mean, there you go. Honestly. Uh, so not Bosch, but bodies. I've yes. watched. More episodes of. Oh, and it's really, devil. really good. Mm. It's a bit OA-ish, actually, um, in terms of its uh, themes, like technology becomes a theme, um, people in different, seemingly in different times, you're not exactly sure how or why what's going on. But So yeah, it did remind me of that, because obviously that was up on most of my mind because of the Brit Marling interview. But I'm really enjoying it. How
1: it's, many eps have you watched?
0: I've watched four now. Out of yeah, six? Six, I think.
3: Six, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. The Empire of You was very three stars. Oh. What? Uh, really? John Nugent, for I'm going to out him here, said it, <laughs> it had a little bit of the budget BBCness about it. Oh, really? Really? Which I thought was was unfair. deeply Gosh. unfair I thought I was actually quite impressed With the fact that it quite Semi-lavishly Has
2: three Four different settings You know Period Different periods The yeah. future one yeah. So I thought the
0: future setting Was quite quite clever in a way I love the way, way mean, that they And he yeah. mentions this in his reviews That they delineate the future By everyone having Aggressive fringes That's <laughs> like true. That, That's a sign <laughs> yeah, that of being true. in the future Yeah yeah
2: That's funny <laughs> They should have had of course um, Aggressive uh, What are they called? That, that haircut That the Member. people of like Big Brother have got you know, there's two guys in brother got mullets. a mullet, basically. Oh, yeah, it's like a, yeah. it's like a, m- a post-modernist mullet. Mm. A mullet. That's the, that is the haircut <laughs> of the moment. Funny half, which you touched upon. In the, the mullet is back. Is this a thing? The mullet is back, which I did touch upon in the Brit Molly interview. Wow. Um, oh, what a full circle
1: oh, moment. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Is that because Emma Corrin has a mullet in? Yes. Well, as does Harris Dickinson. So, no, uh. is that a spoiler? No, don't think it's a spoiler. It. Yeah, Harris Dickinson has an interesting haircut. <laughs> and the story behind that is covered in the interview. Oh, okay. How amazing is that? Oh, anyway. So
1: and other exclusives. I,
2: I digress. You do. Um, so, watch more of Bodies. Mm. I'm enjoying it a lot. Watch all of Breeders for my, because um, the thing I hosted last night, which yes. was a celebration of the show, <laughs> as much of as a Q&A. It was pretty much mostly cast and crew, the screening I, I hosted, the Q&A. I'm it was surprised
1: like, James didn't have a front row ticket. I
2: know. I, I, you should have invited me to I, I, I said there thing, I should have just really Invited him, which means me, me, and you on the stage discussing the pros and cons of (laughs) breeders. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, Sadly, Martin Freeman wasn't there because he's filming um, that show set in Liverpool at the moment in Liverpool. Was it called The Responder? responder. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, the others were there: the creator, uh, director. (gasps) Was
1: Joanna Bacon there?
2: Joanna Bacon was there.
0: The funniest woman on TV. gave her a shout out. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, been quite a a sort of grassroots upswelling of people demanding that we yes, release the breeder's cuts. This. I yes. was going to
2: mention this. So yeah, <laughs> I was going to make till news. Oh, I see. <laughs> but we might as well. Yeah, people are. Yeah. you you
0: you made it. You admitted that you'd edited. I did me out heavily. Of, heavily, not just you, me. both of us. The whole Do you fight have the was kind of not anymore. No, alas, it no longer. Well, again. that's what they say. Yeah, but that's, that's what, what he Zach says, thingy, yeah. Zach Snyder said about. That's that. true. That's true. So what? I mean, maybe I'm sitting on it. Maybe I'm just for a rainy day. I've got that in your
1: back pocket. Yeah,
0: I'm. To blackmail Boydie with his his off the deep end breeders
2: oh episode. Off the deep end, that was it. Yeah. Oh my god, you absolute twat! Um, I would really like to hear actually, because I would like quite like to know how off the, far off the deep end I actually would go. I whether, would like to listen to
1: it because yeah. I I would like to be the judge.
0: Yeah. Don't make I'm, him angry, Kay. You wouldn't like him when he's angry.
1: Oh the, I'm going to be really honest, right? For for all his flaws, Boydie's flaws, Thanks. which there aren't a lot. Um, I can't <laughs> nice imagine. Add. I uh, I can't imagine him going off the deep end, but I could imagine possibly you going off the end.
3: (gasps)
2: Character
0: assassination.
2: I I said this the other week, I think I saw it as just a vigorous and heated, it was heated, (laughs) it was vigorous vigorous debate, (laughs) but I didn't think that either of us were that did, went over the
0: top I, I said that before I think, so. I think it was fun. I mean the bit when you put me in a headlock and started <laughs> punching me repeatedly in the face I said was well, maybe a step too far but until that point no I you're mean, absolutely right to be fine. fair
1: if we sold tickets for that we'd sell more than a live show yeah, and
0: that's the next that's, yeah.
2: uh, that's pilot, pilot 300 yeah James yeah yeah, we'll do that. It'd we'll we'll, be like we should, Elon
0: Musk versus Zuckerberg. Yeah. This is like Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu.
2: We could do like celebrity boxing like uh, Ricky Gervais did with Grant Bovey, which Louis, I went to a Louis Theroux. This is the other thing I was going to mention. Louis Theroux um, launched this week of his new series of interviews to the BBC and he brought up Grant Bovey, Ricky Gervais' thing, which I hadn't thought about for years. Mm. And I, I I was went to it. I Who went,
3: won?
2: Ricky. Ricky won. Yeah. Because oh. he was talking about how, you know, like Ricky was a big guy, but maybe he was more of a wiry, taller <laughs> figure. But Ricky, you know, beat it. Uh, the the breeder screening was excellent with Daisy Haggard, who's one of the. Greatest People. Also, you know, in the, up there with Britt Marling, to be honest, is one of the greatest people on the planet, I think. Oh She's fantastic, God. yeah. She was on Brilliant Form. Uh, the co-creators, Chris Addison, Simon Blackwell, very interesting. Uh, so that was fun, yes. But I watched the whole thing, is what I'm saying, of Breeders, and it is excellent. This, I think this is the best series. of Does it go series. out with a bang? It goes out with a bang. And what's really interesting is your whole thing about the way they treat the children mm. and, the, and Martin Freeman's character's anger issues. It's interesting how they explore very cleverly how it's passed on to his son Luke who's now 18 in it yeah and i think you'll find it very
0: interesting yeah well so, cuz that's uh, it it's they talk yeah. about cycles of abuse because
2: right. that is what yeah. happens yeah. yeah so i i think they address that quite quite cleverly um and it's really, really sweet. We're smart. all
1: just repeating patterns, guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um I very much enjoyed the rest of Breeds, I think it's brilliant. And then the other programme beginning with B is called Banged Up, which is coming oh. up soon. Is this like Banged Up Abroad? <laughs> it's it's not We've like banged up. We've discussed this abroad.
1: before, you'll remember.
2: Um this is the celebrity prison experiment. Oh god, yes. Yeah.
1: No, James, it sounds whack.
2: But I've now watched the first episode. Is it everything you dreamed it would be? It's really horrible. It's quite distressing, I have to say. I don't think you're going to be able to take it. I'm not going to watch it. It yeah, doesn't you know I mean? really matter. I know. But yeah, it's um, a cultural exchange. <laughs> but, yeah, you might, you might, we might force you to do it in a cultural exchange. Yeah. So it's not on It's on in a couple of weeks on Channel 4. So it's a slightly annoying Previous, But we're not, obviously, we're not going to do it as one of our shows because you'd refuse to. Quite, <laughs> quite fairly. It's, not, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not really in our <laughs> remit. But it is I was absolutely shocked and stunned by how harsh it is. So you've got these celebrities, Sid Owen, off EastEnders. Ricky. Ricky. Um, Tom Rosenthal, who I know is a friend of mine from Plebs. He comes on my Arsenal podcast quite sometimes. He's a lovely guy. Um, Marcus Luther, who's from Gogglebox, who K oh, is a yeah. fan of. Yeah, I Good guy from mm-hmm. Gogglebox. Misha sure Marcus. Singer Harvey, as in H-R-V-Y. Colin, the right, I would call him right wing. He would probably deny that. Peter Hitchens. Um, Tory MP Johnny Mercer and former MP Neil Parrish, who he, he himself says is the stupid one who watched porn in Parliament, if you <laughs> no, remember him. Oh dick. my God, yeah. yes. Who can He's forget? in it. And, but it's, what they do is they use a disused, genuine, real, but recently decommissioned prison. They use real ex-cons, who some of whom have only fairly recently served their sentences. And they are self-confessed, some of them killers, um, kidnappers, mm. etc. People who were in prison for quite serious crimes. And are quite horrible, by the way, and an actual ex-prison warden and ex-prison guards. So it's a qu- and there's hun- and there's like dozens of them in there. But like they have to do full strip searches, you know. To, R- actual yeah. strip yes.
1: searches, full yes. strip searches.
2: Yes, bend over gonna, and grab your ankles tight. Type type to, to the point where Ricky Sid Owen says, "I never." By the way, he warns them. I didn't sign up when, for this. When, when, when the warden say, "Take your trousers down," he's like, "By the way, I don't wear underpants," and they're like, mm, okay." <laughs> So I mean, like, well, they're like, well, you'd have to say them down anyway because it's a full strip search. So it is harsh.
1: Doesn't this have the risk of like, just sort of like glorifying and making these criminal celebrities in a way? Think, because
2: no, I don't think so because they've, they've come across as very horrible people. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's all I can say. Well, you can say, you can
0: say. I, I would say this reminds me a lot of the secret cinema event for Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> oh, really? where, so, so just I hate secret cinema. Just to be clear, and I may have mentioned this on this podcast yeah. before, but the whole point was is that they sent a letter around before you went, just telling you, outlining what it would be and warning you that there will be a quote-unquote strip search. So you were supposed to wear things like shorts under your clothes because you were going to be prepared that this was going to happen. Nick Decemlian clearly didn't read any of this. <laughs> oh my god. So just rocks up in his normal clothes. No. So they confiscate his money, his phone, everything. He is forced no. to strip down to his no. boxer shorts No. He's really unhappy. They lock him in a cell with no. a guy who is furiously masturbating under the covers. <gasps> like, obviously pretending because an actor. And then starts like saying lo- like what he's gonna do to Nick when the guards are out of the way. And Nick basically just like freaked out and was like, No, See, that's it, I'm leaving. Dying. And he and his friend just left because they were just like, This, I mean, this fair is not enough. Fun at all, and to be fair to Nick, it doesn't sound at all like fun. Even no. if you were prepared for uh, it, but imagine way, but not being prepared. Probably paid like hundred quid for the fucking ticket. Unless they got free. Yeah, I'm sure he got it for free. Oh, yeah. But yes, oh, I don't God. think he had the that most fun.
2: My, uh, that is uh, my Poor idea. Of hell. Oh yeah, all, all people here. as yeah. well. That's yeah. like very yeah, distressing. That is insane. Yeah. Well, this it is a bit like that, and also, uh, funnily enough, uh, one of the things that most stuns me about is just casual kind of sexual assault jokes. You know, all the way through because obviously the, the jokes yeah. that people always talk about at men's prison are oh, they going to be sexually assaulted basically? But and they constantly. These expert cons are constantly joking about it, and it's really horrible. So
1: I'm not
2: watching this. Neither am I. Fine. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I <laughs> did watch horrific. it to, to write my preview. So that's that's that. So banged up breeders and bodies. All we can be. And the other, my final thing that I watched, which again is going to night James, oh, but God. I had to watch all three episodes to write about it, is the Colleen Rooney documentary, the Real Waggafer.
1: Doesn't begin with which B. Is on
2: Disney Plus. No, this is begins with C. So we've moved okay, on to fine. the going next lesson. Sorry, going through, the, going through the alphabet. We're still with B.
1: Sorry. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, which is fascinating. Um, it's not as good as the Beckham documentary. That does begin with B. It does begin with the B. Um, <laughs> the Beckham documentary, I think, was an exemplary piece of documentary making. So it's an amazing story, and to see it all told from her point of view, is fascinating. And there, I know some really interesting insights into her marriage with Wayne, who I think is a bit of a doofus. And um, but it's a bit. It feels a bit overlong three episodes but I think the middle episode where it kind of recounts in excruciating detail how she pl- planned this whole Wagatha Christie how she planned to deduce that it was definitely her once she suspected it was Recovardi's account who was doing it how she kind of you know just dry runs and did like tried to work out who to send the messages to and all that? It just gets a bit bogged down. In it the feels like it's a one-off. Well, I think that th- the third episode is back, which, which deals with the trial itself, is really entertaining and, and interesting. But it's just the second episode; it sags a little bit. So, yeah, as a piece of pop culture, it's kind of unmissable. Never going to except watch it. you, unless you're James Dyer. Yeah, in which case you'll absolutely miss it. And I went to the screening of that. The screening of that BAFTA with the Q and A afterwards at that. Uh, at that, and that was you know just fascinating to see her kind of grappling with this extraordinary
0: story. Kay, (laughs) have you watched anything beginning with the letter B?
1: No, I have not. And I've only really watched one because we did a lot for um, Plus, didn't we? So we were watching, I was watching The Wire and stuff like that. You did
0: watch The Wire. Yes, Kay was introduced to The Wire on Pilot Plus.
1: Spoiler I I was forced
0: to watch Big Brother. Less said about that, the better. I
1: enjoyed it. I enjoyed The Wire and I enjoyed James's displeasure at watching Big Brother. Um, so I only had time really to get into one thing which was a perfect story on Netflix. I doubt either of you have seen it. It's a Spanish no. rom-com um, limited series, Five Eps, and it's basically about a runaway bride who becomes friends with a newly single waiter and who's pining for his ex and they both vowed to help each other get back with it, you know, rekindle their relationships. It's funny, it's sweet. I mean the leads have great chemistry I was very much into this
2: did you just stumble upon it on Netflix
1: yeah Oh. well actually my friend Isabel oh, okay. um, told oh. me she was like oh my god you're going to it? this mouth. word of mouth yes. mm.
2: oh interesting is it new is it brand new or was it just
1: I think it's probably a month old but still oh, worth but, checking right,
2: out yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. interesting
1: a perfect story on Netflix
0: El Story Perfecto I was going to say what is it in Spanish <laughs> yeah
1: um, Casa de Papel <laughs> no, I can't no it's not that I can't remember that <laughs>
0: okay Okay, I have watched a catastrophic amount of well, TV. Oh weird. wow. No, go on. Uh, uh, like an almost obscene amount of TV. So I first of all I finished the morning show. So I watched mm-hmm. while so I climbed a mountain on the weekend. I went up I went up a Welsh mountain. Oh yeah. Uh, and while up the Welsh mountain or rather while staying at the Airbnb at the base of the Welsh mountain which was weirdly in the middle of a slate quarry, but that's a whole other conversation. Um very Doctor Who. It was it, it, I mean it was a really weird kind of like it, it was so it was, a, it was like a farmhouse so I stayed in with a couple of friends and it was in a slate quarry and you had to drive up the quarry and it was like a 10 minute drive to get to the farmhouse and it was just so all you could see was just grey slate everywhere it was like an alien landscape and from there we did a a hike up a mountain but anyway while I was there I watched the rest of the morning show and it has to be said it was a really good season of the morning show as we said season 2 was terrible but it really was a return to form John Hamm was great in this absolutely great Uh, really really enjoyed it uh, some some interesting twists and turns towards the end there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, good, good. In fact, it's we've got about what three episodes left as it airs live on Apple TV Plus. I've lost count, I think right so. Okay. Uh, but it's good. I think seven is the last one that's aired as we mm. record. Mm. So yeah, morning show. Watch the rest of that. I also finally in my real time rewatcher for all mankind. <laughs> I have now finished season Uh, two. (laughs) Just in time. The end of season two is incredible edge-of-your-seat nail-biting stuff as well. It does seem that the format of this show is an incredibly kind of slow, deliberate build-up. And then at the end of the season, they go absolute hell for leather berserk. And then it resets for the next season A really slow and steady build-up and then goes berserk. So now I'm getting into season three. I have as we record this, less than a month to finish season three before season four arrives. So, That's right, yeah, I really do need to pull my finger pray out. pray for James. Indeed. Was that yes. this week? Yeah, it was November 10th is the, is the return. Yes. Is that announced this week? I think maybe. No, no, I no, think it it a it's, been, it's a while back. Oh, yeah. okay. But I need to get my ass to Mars uh, <laughs> and I need to watch season three before we get <laughs> <My> into, into <laughs> no season four. Accents, <laughs> I need to get, <laughs> get my your ass, ass to Mars. To Mar- what, I mean, what? Have, do you not know that song? Boydy, boydy, boydy. Is that song? No, it's not a song. It's Two weeks. No, it's from, it's from Total Recall. Oh, my God. No? Get your ass to Mars.
1: I feel like he's having an episode. Yeah. <laughs> See, I just,
0: I just I don't know is. my audience. So I was on the Empire podcast, mm, like that, yeah, true. Have got it, but no, true. I'm on the wrong show. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, so For All Mankind loved, 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 loved the end of the second season yeah, of that. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. Uh, justice for Gordo and Tracy. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I did was watch all 10 episodes. Oh, here we go. Of Bosch Legacy. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which we did not review last week. Although since Kay is apparently a massive Bosch head, we totally should have done.
1: I enjoy Bosch. I'm I'm probably not as big a fan. Have
0: you watched all of Bosch and the first season of Bosch Legacy?
1: No. So I'm not in your league. Okay. And that ends
0: I mean, that conversation. Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, anyway, I watched all of Bosch Legacy. I enjoyed it enormously. I don't think it's quite as good as the first season of Bosch Legacy. Like the way it begins, so the first two episodes of this are very much resolving the cliffhanger and the threads from the previous season. And then it goes on to a book. I think it's called The I want to say is it The Crossing. I can't remember the particular, the particular Michael Connolly book that this is based on. Um, but the thing with this, and I'd be interested because I've not read this particular Michael Connolly book. It's like the 16th or something, Harry Bosch, no, why? I forget. But he um they obviously have to take some liberties with it because the dynamic has changed here. So it's no longer just Bosch; it's Bosch and Maddie and Hanny Chandler. Like it's a, it's a three-hander, and also Mo, who's his hacker guy, has a lot more to do this season as well. And he's really good as well. So you end up with these kind of four central characters. Bosch probably has more screen time than anyone else, but Maddie has a larger part to play in this as well. And I, it's gratifying to see her as not just the device they use whenever they need Harry to, you know. Be stressed out like they put mm-hmm. Maddie in peril everyone coming for Maddie it's like Maddie has her own story and it's actually it's, it's really good so uh yeah I, 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 I enjoyed it a lot is he still in that house on stilts so oh, I love crucially yeah. he wasn't in the house on stilts oh. on season one of Bosch Legacy because yeah. it had been condemned yes. after an earthquake yes
3: Spoiler: back. He's back in the oh, house. He he's great. back in so the house. Rebuilt
0: it. Yeah. Well, they fixed it, or and he's fixing it up still... himself. So, so okay. I, I was actually very, very excited to see him back mm. in the house. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's great. It's great. It's great because it's familiar. Like I say, it's not the strongest Bosch story. This one isn't, but it's still a lot of fun. Mm. It's,
3: it's it one a story
0: fun. all the way through. Broadly speaking, yeah. so the first two episodes are like I say, it's ty- tying up the previous season, and then you have this new this new story, yeah. uh, which is about a murder investigation. He's trying to get to the bottom of it. Uh, but yeah. Love a bit of Bosch. I will say, again, the first two episodes of this, which are tying up things, there's a lot of Bosch cameo action here. Mm. In like, If you think about the regulars from the regular Bosch series who Mm. didn't make the transition to Bosch Bosch Legacy. They turn up. They're fucking all in the first two (laughs) episodes of this. And, you know, no spoilers, but seeing Jerry Edgar, uh, Jamie Hector, was a delight. So that was wonderful. I will also say, this season of Bosch Legacy marks the final, I believe, screen performance of Lance Reddick. Oh, as Christian. Chief Irving. Newly retired Chief right, Irving. In right, right, fact, yeah. impacting this. Fucking Bosch, as he says. Uh yeah, I, oh, I, I, I love it. and he does say the words fucking Bosch, which uh, yeah. <laughs> which is what we want Fitting. from him. Yeah. Indeed. But uh yeah, it was it was it was lovely, a bit bittersweet. It was lovely, but also a bit sad to see, mm. uh, to see Lance see yeah, Reddick yeah, yeah, return. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's
2: very good. Yeah.
0: So yes, Bosch Legacy, all ten episodes. Wow. There you go. That's, that's commitment.
2: Impressive. Yeah, that is commitment.
0: So that's been my week. Watched quite a lot there well done oh, good yeah right that's what we've been watching let's have a listener question I have not shared a listener no. question this week but um, I have one here we go. funnily enough I have one and this listener question comes from Sally Sally says, hi Sally hi Pilot <laughs> Gang ignoring the obvious consequences that this could have for the podcast if you were given the choice would you rather A only be able to watch your three favourite TV shows for the rest of your life but nothing else or B be able to watch all past and future TV shows for the rest of your life with the strict (laughs) exception of your three favourite programmes. Sorry for the cruel question. Please come and do a live show in Scotland. We have cake here too. It's not all deep fried. (laughs) Best, Sally.
1: Road trip. So,
0: aren't you lot doing an Empire one somewhere? In Leeds, yes, we're going to
2: Leeds. Mm, Next month, we're going to Leeds. Crucially,
1: that's not Scotland though.
2: No, I know, but I'm just saying Like they they
0: go on the road and do stuff. Shall we go on the road? I I mean, yeah. We Just
1: can...
0: think how much fun that would <laughs> well, be. No, see, it's, well we Also, we can go wherever we like because we can take Boyd's private jet and we can go, you know, we can go, really go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Helicopter.
2: <laughs> Helicopter. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll, deploy <laughs> I'll deploy the
0: chopper. Yeah. Get to the chopper. <laughs> no, no, no. No, what? No. That's another. Out of control. No. Out of no, control,
2: control. No. Yeah, oh, of God, control today. Absolutely.
0: Get your yeah. ass to Leeds. Okay. Oh, um, so, so, okay. For, for, so, 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 why is it
2: getting so three? You
0: either get to watch your three favourite shows in perpetuity, but nothing else. But nothing else. Or everything except your three favourite shows. I'm
1: going to go for this. No, I'm going. The second option. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, but he's going to go the first, obviously. Are you? Well,
0: well yeah, first of all, all right, all right. Well, first of all, okay, Kay. Mm-hmm. What Ooh. are your three favourite shows? What are the three shows you would not be allowed to watch?
1: Oh God!
0: Um, I mean, she can't think that clearly. This is the reason why she. That, well, it. that's why. Because <laughs> you yeah. no,
1: it's not that. It's because I, I'm kind of thinking of, like. I've got favourites, but then I'm like, yeah, but which ones would I want to watch all the time? No, no,
0: no, that's not the question. What are your three absolute favourite shows which you would now be denied in perpetuity?
1: This is tricksy. Well, Succession,
0: but it's very stressful. Succession. But
1: that to watch over and over again is stressful. Then I'd want to go for a comedy so maybe actually, I'm gonna add, I'm, I'll put Shits Creek in that because I would happily watch it over and over again.
0: But 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 is that one is what, what one of your three all-time favourite shows, regardless of rewatchability? Is that one? <gasps> if it is all, hard, because
1: three... I can't, I don't know why all my favourites have dropped out. Because you so...
0: don't strike me as a person who probably Sex rewatches City, all that right? much.
1: No, I like <laughs> so I like the I'm watching ages of the, Um yeah I do like Sex and City, but I wouldn't say it's my favourite oh, show okay. of all time.
0: Because yeah. for me. It is almost certainly The Expanse. <laughs> the West Wing. Oh, yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, dear. Because we're talking favourite. Like no, yeah, because The Wire. Yeah, yeah. The Wire I still maintain, it's the best TV right. show. Yeah, but it's an absolute favourite. No, you won't want to see no, through yeah. season two. Uh, and, oh, see, oh, the third one. Mm, favourite. I mean, The Shield, it might be The Shield. That could possibly be it. Mm. Uh, it could be The Wire in fact despite what I just said mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of hard to say but that's that's definitely you know the, where my head is at The Expanse is definitely one of my favourite shows but it wouldn't be the top three so crucially I would be able to continue re-watching The Expanse so you know that's great yeah. But so yeah I would have to sacrifice those shows I would I think you made the right choice I think watching all of the shows because there are so many mm. would be the option you choose but it would kill me not to be able to watch those three shows again
1: I'm going to go uh, go away and think about what my three shows are because I can't believe I can't just well, well Boydie
0: is no, yeah, going to be I'm just... The OA yeah. Seinfeld yeah. Oh, yeah. and Frazier.
1: no Succession um, I'd say
2: no I don't uh, think it maybe is success. do you know what I actually did a podcast recently where I picked my top 10 favourite TV shows of all time on it, uh, like because I can't remember me. what should, I actually picked. Should
1: we say it on this podcast? <laughs> well, no, but it's,
2: it's a podcast in which they have guests on t- picking their top ten TV every week, a different guest every week. So um, yeah, so I, I mean it changes, but um, those are in there: Seinfeld, Curb, um, The Office. Oh yeah, The Office.
1: Succession
2: for sure. Um, the OA. Uh, yeah, but but I definitely wouldn't pick watching those again because I've already watched all of them again and again, and yeah. again anyway. Yeah. So you'd definitely I want all the new stuff. No,
0: you would want all the But new it would stuff, be upsetting sure. not to be able to rewatch them.
2: It would be very upsetting, yeah. yeah. But I'd, I
0: think I'd deal with it. Because I rewatch The West Wing literally all the time. So it would be, yeah, it, watch, it, it I, would be a big shift for me. I re-
2: rewatch Frasier and, and Curb and Seinfeld S- constantly yeah. as well, yeah. I mean, which is more normal because they're, they're comedies.
0: So, yes, that's right. Yeah. But then also, it's that, it's that itch thing, isn't it? Where you, where sometimes you turn on the TV and you think, I'm, I want to do a thing mm. and I want to put on something that doesn't require yeah, yeah, yeah. that much of my.
1: So for brain. me, that's like friends, modern family, Veep. I like those. Sure. Right.
0: And but but on and, and oftentimes it's stuff you've seen before. Yeah. Because yeah, you like you don't, so you don't
1: have to concentrate, you can just have it
0: on Yeah. I think there are certain shows where even if you haven't seen them before, you, go, do you know what? It's fine, I do that much to watch my brain to watch this. So all of your reality stuff, for example. But uh but you know, but but I, well, I think that into Snobby Twat Zone. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. where I live, gay. That is where I live. Um but yeah, but the familiarity I think helps that. So the West Wing for me was very much a like an exercise show. Oftentimes. So I will I will sometimes, uh, when I'm what working... What do you mean? Where, where if I'm, I'm going to exercise, oh. I'll turn on something like Star Trek or or The West Wing or something like that. because You have that rigid and exercise regime. <laughs> a regime? No, I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.
1: I missed that. Wait, yeah, you're know saying I when you, ex- ex- you yes. exercise to TV? Yes. Yes, yeah. Those yes are so I
0: emotions. I exercise in front wait of the minute, TV. Wait
1: a minute, first of
0: all, you, you exercise? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean rude. I mean, I didn't
1: Why go no, that no, far. no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. It's too late. No because I know James loves walking and stuff like that. And no, you're very trim I mean, slim I, and trim, right? I don't but,
0: walk in front of the t- like, I don't do that. Like that would be weird. No, but you've are you never on your
1: exercising with
0: Are you on before? your um uh,
2: SJP style um, what's it called that it's like a peloton. The peloton? A Peloton. Yeah, I don't yeah, have a peloton. peloton. I have a cheap
0: no, I have a cheap did. exercise a big, bike yeah, off yeah, Amazon oh uh which God. I do. It's genuinely it's true. I will watch sometimes watch TV while pedaling away on my little bike. I do that. Like big.
1: Talk us through the like big, yes. What
0: else? Uh, Are you you doing know, weights. Uh, well, I, no, I resistance bands. I got some resistance bands, so a little bit lightweight. So you have, but the bands, the like stretchy bands. <laughs> I can so I imagine do, you getting
1: all twisted up. Yeah, so up I get twisted point. up in
0: resistance bands, but while watching while watching TV shows. This is this is the thing. Well, a revelation. I yeah, the, yeah, this.
1: God, well, I never knew you were such I was doing body. it this
0: morning, in fact, while watching Three Little Birds. Blimey. True story. This
1: is like a real revelation. It is a yeah.
0: revelation. I found my top ten by the way. That that suddenly that <laughs> listener who wrote in to say how disrespectful it was that I was painting the ceiling while watching is probably going to like, oh, Lady yeah. Henry deserves better than you Ooh. using resistance pants while watching Three Little Birds. Uh, clearly, because yeah, I don't even know what resistance pads are. They sound like something resistance like, a, band. a band, not resistance pad. <laughs> I thought
1: you said pants, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was like, I, please please working out, out in my pants. resistance
2: pants.
0: Gone in, Boydie. Let's hear it. Definitely buying him uh, Seinfeld.
2: The Singing Detective was number two, which is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. The Office, The OA,
0: The Leftovers. So hang on. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. The OA, which you routinely trumpet as your favourite show of all time, is in fourth place.
2: Well, no, I don't. You are
0: a charlatan no, and a it's, fraud. It's
2: the most. It's my favorite
0: of, of recent times.
2: But no, it, it moves around. Mm-hmm. But it's not. I don't I, I've, it's, I, is I use that phrase as my favorite show of all time, slightly, you know, as an offhand way. It's, it's in. It's in the top five. I mean, God, that's pretty good for a show that only was on a couple of years ago. What else? What else? The leftovers, Succession. I'm Alan Partridge. I had a whole which Partridge. Oh yeah. Thing would I choose? But in the end, I went for the classic. Did you
1: say The Office
2: in no? there? Yeah, The Office is oh, number good. three. Yeah, uh, Happy Valley. Doctor Who and Queer as Folk. That was my top 10, yeah. So that's slight spoiler for the, although he does in the notes, that's what I was checking, in the in the podcast, which is called My Top 10 TV Podcast, he lists it in the notes, so it's not that much of a spoiler.
0: Okay. Yeah, hopefully. But that was, And also you lied to him as well, so that's fine. What did I lie to him about? About your top 10. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because the yeah, OA should have be been number one that's right. your literal yes. <laughs> interpretation. Yes, of yes I say. take you
2: at your word, boy. Oh dear. Um, yeah, but uh, no, in answer to the listener question,
0: I'd watch all new stuff. All right. So I think we're all agreed. We're going to watch new stuff and mm-hmm. we're never going to watch our favorite shows again. We're going to do, wear resistance what it? Bands. Resistance pants. pants. Resistance <laughs> pants resistance while watching the TV. Resistance pants. That's band. the new thing.
1: That's an image
0: no one needs. No one, no one needs to see yeah. me in my resistance pants. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Uh, if you would like your question, God help you. Answers on this podcast, do send them in to us. I'm going to say at James C. Dart on Instagram. But if you want to send it to us at Pilot TV Pod on Twitter, you can do That is absolutely fine as well.
1: Can I just. Uh, Say something. I've just been looking on Twitter while you were talking about your pants. I had to try, right. and, had to try and zone out somehow. Fair enough. Um, and someone has tweeted us, Tom Tom's daddy. Now, is that... Tom
0: called? Tom's daddy has tweeted us.
1: Now is the is the child called Tom Tom? <laughs> was it Tom? He's just repeating it anyway. Whatever, he has tweeted us. Say, I hope Kay Barry has received her money from James. Oh, that's that's a, a good point. Yeah, that's a handy reminder. Yeah, boy, that you were going to lend, lend me a grand. A grand. What was yeah. this for?
0: You were going to lend me a grand
1: because James smugly said, "Oh, I'll give yeah. you a grand if you could name the uh, dog in Due South."
0: It's a wolf, <laughs> Kay. It's a wolf. wolf.
1: Okay. Well, still, Deepen
0: Becker. Um, okay. No. No, but anyway, yeah, James could afford it. Yeah. Yeah, boy's gonna yeah. give me ground I'll pass it on to you once yeah. he once he to go. <laughs> Buy lesser um,
1: resistant pants and more <laughs> paying
0: your dues. Um, exactly. Someone actually also wrote in to say that due south, while it isn't streaming, is available in its entirety on YouTube. So oh, really? if you want wow. to watch a bit of Diefenbacher Backer, you can mm. you can do that. I bet it's on DVD as well. Divod. Hmm. Probably. Anywho, right. anywho. It is time now for this week's guest. You will recall me banging on about how much I loved Interview with the Vampire on this very podcast, and frankly, doing it even more so with the five-star review that I wrote for Empire. Uh, So I was very pleased to get to talk to Jacob Anderson this week, who zoomed in from Prague, where he's currently shooting season two of the show, uh, to talk about all things vampiric. So here is me and Jacob Anderson. Hey, Jacob.
4: How are you doing? All good, thank you. How are you? I am not too bad. Can I say... Uh, thank you for being so nice about the show.
0: Oh, not at all. I absolutely loved it, as you might have gathered. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long way. It has been a long way. It's been, what, a year, I think,
4: since it aired in the US? I wondered if we'd ever get it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I was for, people would, I'd have, like, people at home, like my friends and family would be like, whatever happened to, you know, when you left us for six months, when you moved to New Orleans, what happened with that? I'm like, no, it's out. You just... You just gotta watch it, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, and it's wild, because it was like one of the best-reviewed shows of last year in the US, so it was like a massive deal, and over here, everyone's like, I don't know what that is, never heard of it.
4: Yeah, thank so- you, BBC, for, for, for being so uh, <laughs> accommodating to my family. <laughs> and yeah. stepping
0: in and dropping it all at once, which I think we all really, really uh, appreciated. Are you, are you in Prague at the moment?
4: I am, yeah. So you're,
0: am. you're shooting season two. Prague is, is doubling for Paris, right?
4: Yes, it is. And a bit of
0: Paris is doubling for oh, Paris. Nice.
4: But yeah, Prague's been lovely. It's a beautiful city.
0: And how have you found shooting season two? Obviously in a different place, a different environment, different atmosphere. Has it been quite different to season one?
4: Yeah, it's been very different. It's very different. And it's it's jarring as well, because New Orleans is such a... It's, New Orleans really reminds me of Bristol, where I grew up. I felt very comfortable there immediately, but it's also like, it's such a specific place and it has such a specific, like, I'm not like a spiritual person. but It has like a specific energy. And then to be in Europe has its own kind of energy. And I I almost feel like I belong less here than I did in New Orleans, but that's, I think, really helpful (laughs) because Louis and Claudia are completely out of their depth and, um, think that that's kind of given it something to be as such an, an unfamiliar place because
0: it is very much to it feels like a second chapter doesn't it like it's a very different vibe he's in a very different place he's no longer kind of under the thumb of Lestat like he's going out on his own with Claudia and kind of discovering what this whole big vampire life is and I think uh, AMC dropped I don't know if you saw they dropped a clip from season two earlier this week which was Louis and Armand kind of bonding on what I can only really describe as a vampire night out <laughs> <laughs> the murder party yeah <laughs> I think that's what it was referred to <laughs> it's a I mean it's it's a great scene and actually their dynamics really interesting because obviously his dynamic with man is very different to the dynamic with Lestat like so is Louis would you say what kind of headspace is he in when we when we join him in season two
4: um Louis is I think it's fair to say he's like an absolute mess <laughs> most of the time um and, uh, I think what's interesting is I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, but i like something that I have really, and I think it's on my mind at the moment because it's what I've been doing this week. But like Dubai is something to really look out for this season. And I think as well, when you think about how Dubai, where Dubai ended in season one, it, it really, um, charges a lot of, the, the storytelling in this season. But Louis is just absolutely not okay. He's, <laughs> he's not okay. I can tell you that much. Murder party or no, he's not having the best time. Yeah, I think, funnily enough, murder party is like, is one of the moments of happiness. <laughs> it's one of, meeting Armand is like a,
0: a little light in the darkness. I mean, you mentioned the Dubai stuff. I love the Dubai stuff actually in season one. And, and it's obviously a big shift from the books because Daniel here is much older. Like, he's slightly irascible. He gives absolutely no fucks whatsoever. He regularly calls Louis kind of on what he perceives as his bullshit. Uh, and I think that dynamic is just, is just so much fun. But I guess it makes up a really small percentage of the overall runtime. Like, did you get to spend, how much time did you spend with Eric doing that stuff?
4: I, I met Eric like three weeks before we started shooting in Dubai. But we did, we did, um, all of season one Dubai we did the whole thing at the end so we, which was was really useful in terms of um in terms of like I could remember things that I was talking about like I could remember what that looked like and how that felt and that was really helpful um it also just gave me just extra time to learn those huge passages <laughs> of beautiful language but uh, but yeah, me and Eric just kind of, I remember Roland said something to me really early on. It was like, when Louis is talking about his story, when he's, he's recounting his story, that he has to kind of hypnotize himself, that he like falls into these moments where he just, he's, he's there again. And also that I had to do that to Eric. So there's a bit in the, in the first book as well where it describes Louis as like, Daniel describes Louis as flames in a skull, and like so, I just had those two things in my head. I was like, flames in a skull, him. Let's start at the beginning. As long as I have those two things at the very beginning of that interview, then we can just play off each other and see where it goes. But I love Eric Bogosian is an absolute sweetheart and an amazing actor, mm-hmm. and I like such a great scene partner a really good listener and i don't just mean that in like a literal sense just mean that like i love when you see actors listening like rather than speaking and he's he's fucking great at that
0: yeah it's it's genuinely it's one of the more genius moves i think of this show is changing that character completely but it's interesting you say you shot those at the end because obviously dubai louis is very different to new orleans louis and mm-hmm. I kind of wondered, like, because I love that Louis wears lots of different masks in the show. Like, he speaks and behaves really differently when he's around his family, the girls that work for him in, uh, originally, like, when he's human, uh, with the businessman that he kind of, kind of deals with. And then at the end, when we see him in Dubai, he's much more alien, far less human than we've yeah. seen him. And, and, like, were those different sides to Louis kind of part of the appeal for you going in? And was it quite difficult to nail down the delineation
4: between those? 100%. It was, like, it, it, was, it was a big draw to it like how amazing to be able to play somebody over you know a century <laughs> and like he like finding those things like finding the things that he that he has carried with him over time and then finding the things that he's completely lost were re- like that was it was challenging but it was it was a fun challenge um and i don't really I think that in season one, at least, I'm not sure how I would, I, I'm not sure how much like maturity I would have had to put into that if we didn't shoot it all at the end. Because I, I was getting to know Louis as I was playing him, um, but yeah, like, it, I don't really know what el- like what else I could really say about that. Other than I got to play somebody over a century, and it and it was. I have rules. I have my my Dubai Louis rules now, and it's like when he's mad, the accent comes back a little bit. When he's this, the thing comes because again, gotta be careful. But like, how much of Louis' detachment is real is also a factor, and I kept sort of trying to get answers about that (laughs) about what they wanted to do in season two, so that I could, you know, yeah, delineate between. A truth and a falsehood. We learn that
0: he's not the most reliable narrator during the course of of the first season. But one of the things I love about about your portrayal of this character is the physicality of him. Like when we see him as a human, he has a kind of rolling swagger, this gait to him. And then when we see him, you know, in the modern day, he is so still. There's an economy of movement to everything he does. Like it's very precise. It's very measured. It's very non-human. And I thought that was just genius.
4: Yeah. Well. Thank you, but <laughs> uh, I think code switching was like, As soon as I read the pilot, before I, I'd even auditioned, I was like, this is somebody who is in a perpetual state of, of code switching, he has to, uh, in order to survive and exist in all these different rooms and with all these different people, he has to adapt himself, he's, he's which again, tells you a lot about, how he presents himself in Dubai, we know at this point that this is somebody that, that he's a
3: chameleon, sometimes by necessity, sometimes out of, you know, fear, other things, but yeah, that again,
4: that was such a fun thing. It's something you don't really get to do. And it's also something that you do and, and nobody really notices. you. <laughs> Like, but I was on screen a lot with this job. So I guess I had the, I had the privilege of of actually being able to, to do those things in a way that was noticeable. Like, the, the, like the reason that Louis speaks how he speaks in Dubai practically is because you'd have passages of narration and then he'd start speaking in the past. So we had to differentiate his voice. And then that became a thing that you were like, But when did that happen? When did that shift happen? Why did it happen? Why has he got this strange, strange kind of neutral accent when he's like New Orleans, Creole New Orleans? I get excited thinking about it. It's it's like, I see where to do it now. I imagine that you you would think like
0: you don't get to do an awful lot of that where the dialogue is very minimal and it is very about micro expressions and micro movement. But of course you did Grey Worm and that's basically, he's the king of like stoic facial
4: expressions, right? So you had a, a crash course in this already. <laughs> yeah, it's all micro expressions. And like, I really learned on that show, like, it's the, the way to stay in a scene <laughs> was that. Like, would be to really listen to to what was happening and to respond to it. And like, I didn't, I never wanted Grey Worm to be like dead behind the eyes. I never wanted him to just be this kind of like, uh, you know, like stone soldier or an ornament. Um, and of course he's going to have feelings about what's happened, but yeah, I had to really learn how to do things with my face and tell, try and tell a story with my face. And now I'm like, a lot of the time I just try and remove lines. I'm, I'm like, trying to say less, less on this one because the language is so beautiful. It
0: is. Yeah. I mean, I'm like a huge fan, Rice fan. I read all of her books pretty much when I was at university. So I'm slightly obsessed with it. She obviously didn't live to see this show. I can't help thinking she would have really loved it though, because it feels true to her original story in the way. And I love Neil Jordan's film for very different reasons, but it's true to her story in a way that that wasn't, because obviously Interview with the Vampire is a love story. And I felt like that was the bit that, you know, it came out in the 90s to be expected. Like, a lot of that got lost in the film. And I love that this show really leans into that. And, you know, and as toxic and problematic as, you know, Lestat can be, you guys are kind of magnetic on screen. Like, what did they, was there a particular, because you must have had chemistry tests with Sam for this. Like, was there a particular scene they got you to, to run together when you, were,
4: when you were reading for it? Yeah, we did, we did a few. We did the two that I remember. I think we did three, but I remember we did, the first meeting at the first play, um, a most agreeable young man with uh, that one. And then we did, uh, the fight outside the incinerator. Louie kind of lays out the differences between he and Lestat in terms of their social standing at that time, um, which was great. Cause it's like, you get this that first spark of the meeting and then you get the domesticity of their relationship, just like you know, essentially the argument for me anyway was always like you didn't take <laughs> was was up being like you didn't take out the bins, and Lou being like, well, this is why I didn't take out the bins because I had to deal with a lot today, and this happened, this happened, you know, like it's I love I love I love when this show gets domestic because it really highlights that sort of the the romance part of the gothic romance. Although, like you say, it's not a relationship I would ever want to be in. Um, it's very toxic. It's a very up relationship, but they can't stay away from each other. No, they
0: can't. Although season two obviously
4: gives a slightly different dynamic
0: because there's another, I guess it's another love story, but with Armand essentially, which is a very different dynamic, right? From, from what the one that Louis had with Lestat.
4: Very different. Yeah. It's very, very different. And
0: yeah, can't can't say too much for those oh, but, they, but it will be different from the books anyway right because in the books he's a
4: 17 year old boy so it's a very different dynamic. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, there are things that anybody that 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 uh any fan of of Anne Rice's writing and specifically of the Vampire Chronicles
3: will know who Armand is <laughs> and uh it's still very much a part of this uh
4: Adaptation. We're still. He's a very complicated character. In a different way to the start, but he is complicated. Everybody is a mess. That is Jacob Anderson's uh, <laughs> take on season two. Everybody is a mess. How have you been a mess
0: making this? I mean, how has the have you become essentially nocturnal doing
4: this? Because it's all night shoots, right? No, I mean, th- so th- look, season one was all nights. It was. It was. Entirely night, but season two, we've been doing anything, any interior scene we've been doing during the day, pretty much, which for me, I don't know if it's just Stockholm syndrome, (laughs) but it's been really tough. Making this show during the day is is hard, it feels wrong. There's something about working at 3 a.m. that makes you feel like a vampire. It makes you feel like it gives you a weird
3: (laughs) kind of giddy, Heightened energy. So if Louis feels really like
4: displaced in season two, you can uh, know that part of that at least is, is Jacob being like, what is this daytime? <laughs>
0: is this shooting the sunlight just so wrong uh yeah. no I, I i totally get what you mean because it must feel like at that time of night you do feel kind of disconnected from everything around you like it's weird everyone else is asleep you're doing this kind of crazy thing in the middle of the night so yeah it does give you that sense of otherness uh yeah. which is the character has. and last question i would ask you which is slightly mm-hmm. disconnected to this obviously you're not just an natural you are also a musician uh yeah. and i just was curious that how those two things sit within you like like it, uh, you know they're both Clearly, very important parts of your life. Do they scratch different itches for you? Does one or other feel like more a part of you that you're more connected to? Yeah, they
4: they definitely scratch different itches. I think, but this show has been a bit of an exception. Like, I, I I've always played characters that are really far away from me. Um, so acting is like it's like a it's a way to to expel a bit of energy. Um, and then writing has been about like. Essentially therapy, like self-therapy, like self-therapizing myself. Um but uh but this show has taken up a bit of that space as well, just in terms of like I don't know. I I, I always say this that me and Louis are the same, and we're probably not the same. And it's <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into playing him that it's not just like I'm not showing up to set, and I'm like, it's me but um but like there are things about louis that are really therapeutic to explore really cathartic to explore um and it's probably why i haven't written another album not to blame rolling keeps saying to me like don't blame me for they're not doing another raleigh Ritchie album i'm blaming you right your fault um (laughs) he's like a big music he's an encyclopedia of music knowledge um but yeah uh they they have very different places in my heart and in my head and they do different things but they both are just ways of me getting rid of a bit of energy and and basically being functional
0: (laughs) well maybe you can blur the lines i mean sam can carry a tune as we heard in season one if you're looking for some sort of backing vocals maybe draft him in sounds a great singer
4: I will not be asking him to do that, but I enjoy his voice. As did we all. Uh, As we said, as you said, it's a a really special show.
0: Loving it. I'm hoping we won't have to wait another year for season two. Hopefully they'll have caught up with the US by then. Uh, Very much looking forward to it.
4: Thank you. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, James.
0: That was Jacob Anderson. Time now for the news. What news do you have for me? Kay, you look like a person who's very well prepared and is boned up on all the TV news. So why don't well, you start? In your,
1: face, <laughs> in your face, James, I've got some news this week. Damn it! Yes. Okay, so first, we had first look picks for season three of Mandy, which I was excited to see because um, I'm a big fan of Diane Morgan's show. Uh, she writes, directs and stars in it. And um, we've got some new cast joining the series this time round. So we've got Paul Reedy from Motherland, Beverly Callard, the legend from Coronation Street, Nathan... Fode I'm going to say is that how you say his name from Our Flag Means Death and um, Robbie G as well from Backups, Um and yeah I'm excited about that because I love Mandy in fact so that Diane Morgan was the one that you showed disrespect to before by painting for Philomena Kunk
3: that's, that's right the show I love
0: Diane that you, um, Morgan Yeah. even when I'm painting the ceiling
1: you love her even more when you're painting the ceiling. Yeah. yeah, so that's coming back. Also, there's exciting news because Hannah Waddingham has got her own Christmas special on Apple TV+. This is very exciting. Didn't she
0: have one last year? Am I imagining that? Uh, I I'm not did. sure. I think she did. I did know about this. Have they yeah, only just announced no. it?
1: Yes. So um, it's called um, Her Name, insert her name, there, <laughs> which I'm going to be all transparency listeners. We've re-recorded this bit because I can't say her name. Hannah Waddingham. I'm for gonna some say reason. That. Uh, Hannah Waddingham, uh, Home for Christmas, is coming on the 22nd of November and will be, uh, she'll be work- welcoming special guests and um, there'll be loads of music numbers, etc. and it's going to be filmed at the London Coliseum. Maybe we should go.
0: Too late. It's already been. I was invited. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs>
1: you <Holy laughs> little shit. You That's know true. we love her.
0: Yeah. yeah, I was invited but couldn't make it.
1: So you didn't think to tell Boyd and I, we could have nope. gone on a hot date night. <gasps> so rude. Okay. Well, let's skip good? past that. We'll have to watch it on TV. Oh, I don't
0: know, I wasn't there. <laughs> I couldn't tell you, but I'm
2: sure it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Whoa. Sorry, so are you still going? Yeah, yeah. I've just got one more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're doing them all in one go.
1: I thought, isn't that how we do it?
2: I mm, don't know, but carry on.
1: Crack, do on, not, crack on, crack on. No, carry, on you, carry do, on, you
2: do you. Go on. <laughs> Why
3: do
1: I? Uh, and the last thing is to just say that Channel 4 has revealed the first look images of um, what they're calling an aud- audacious comedy series, Big Mood, starring Nicola Coughlin and um, Lydia West. And it's written and created by Camilla Whitehill. Um, it's called Big Mood, as I said, and it's a vivacious and rebellious portrayal of female friendship when infiltrated by the complexities of a serious mental illness. it going to be a six part series. Well, okay. That's it. That's my news. It's done.
0: Now, you will have heard me reference the title of <laughs> The Walking Dead um, colon Daryl Dixon dash The Book of Carol um, uh, which is so we have not had crucially we have not had The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon here in the UK we've also not had The Walking Dead Dead City here in the UK these are both new Walking Dead spin-offs which have aired in the US uh, but the second season of The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon is literally called The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon The Book of Carol try oh saying that guys <laughs> that's
2: ridiculous <laughs> that's like- Carol Book 4 the book yeah of, 100% whatever. yeah it's yeah. Just like
0: what is going on with the yeah. punctuation here but yeah The Walking Dead colon Daryl Dixon dash The Book of Carol why have they done that because Carol's back she's in it she's going to be in the second season The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon is like a comedy <laughs> yeah like, um, <laughs> what's, it, what's the word it's yeah. like a
1: tongue twister tongue twister yeah.
0: yeah. The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon The Book of Carol God <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I, mean, I have
0: no not... hope of saying that. <laughs> and, and definitely won't be it. I look it. forward to reviewing it on this podcast. Wow. If it actually gets a UK distributor, and indeed, because you'd mm. think they'd be on Disney+, Plus, but not necessarily. Uh, but when we're we going to get it, I do not know. I do no.
2: not know. It's a mystery. As yeah. Toya once saying. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, I met Toya last week. Very briefly. Of course you did. Yeah. Of course kind you did. Filming for a, for a future, future TV <gasps> oh, show. yeah, yeah can yeah. you, yeah, can you say what about. it is? Um, I don't know. It's quite exciting. It yeah, I
0: filmed. Yeah, I filmed a little comedy coming
1: Boyd has uh, been flexing his mm. acting muscles. Oh, have you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, now, tell me, what was your process for this, and how did it differ from your process as well, as sort of British slob in the curse? <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, slob is a harsh. Well, I know. I'm I'm just just sitting there on Sun Lounge. I mean you weren't doing a lot. Okay, British. Pretty brutal. British 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 sunbather, British tourist, how that's should I put yes. tourist. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason just question your exercise regime. I think the reason I said this is because famously Chris Hewitt, Embars Chris Hewitt, played drunk British slob in, right. the, uh, in Hostel Part Two. Right. Yeah. So. No,
2: I was not a slob. I'm just quaffing a um so, oh, so like
0: British holidaymaker.
2: Yeah. Who was just there alcoholic. in his Espadrill, yeah. <laughs> just slash chilling alcoholic. out. Anyway, I filmed my I played myself in a new in in a, in a I made to a comedy series, which is very postmodern anyway. I mean, it's only like I'll probably say what it is, but I don't know if it, I wasn't asked to keep it a secret. Um, but um, Meet the Richardson is the show on Dave, um, and they're doing like a, a spoof Talking Heads episode. Uh-huh. So I just played myself as a Boyd is dude.
1: famous for being a Talking Heads. Uh, what head were dogs? you
2: talking
0: about about that show? Ah. so it's kind of like a self-referential postmodern. So, so what you're saying is that you you were pictured recording the Pilot TV podcast, no. reviewing that show. No, 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 no. Ooh, no.
2: That would I was be a as if there was a Talking Heads um, special about my feelings
0: towards the Richardsons, meet the Richardsons. So that's what well, that's the conceit of this episode, if you like. I feel like you should have steered them towards a pilot TV recording session. Uh, maybe. Maybe maybe there's still time. Maybe they're still filming. I'll suggest <laughs> it. I'll email them. Oh my God, can anyway. you
1: imagine filming this?
2: Yeah, God. Yeah, I did once. There was an episode of The Thick of It once where Richard Bacon was in it, um, and they, they, it was like film Five Live the, the minister was doing an interview with at Five Live, and I was there for that whole thing experience. I think I might have even been glimpsed in the background, um, and it was amazing to see them filming.
1: You've it. been in so yeah. many things now, Gavin and Stacey, yeah. the Curse weren't in yeah.
2: Bonjour la classe though, were you? I was not in Bonjour la classe. That's <laughs> true. top build. Yeah, I am. Yeah, 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 No, you've all. You'll always have that. <laughs> You'll always have Bonjour la classe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to news. Do you remember last week? I was talking about how the BBC was making 800 episodes of Doctor Who available yes. on iPlayer. Yes. We talked about this a bit, it, there, and we talked about how we should review the first episode, mm-hmm. right? And and you know maybe the first episode ever, and maybe the first episode of the of the of the. Ch- of the Christopher Eccleston period when it was rebooted by Astrid Davis. It turns out that the first four episodes are not available at all. What? what? Yes, because of a copyright dispute. And the Doctor oh. Who internet world is raging yeah, about course. this thing. There's a massive Barney going on Who's among people. paying
1: Whovians. who? Come on, let's name and shame.
2: Well, so this is the story. Um, it's Unearthed Child is famously, it was the first storyline. Those first four episodes, when William Hartnell was the Doctor, were written by a BBC staff writer of the time called anthony coburn his son steph coburn alleges that the bbc lost the right to use ideas presented in his father's script when he died in 1977 and he's turned down all attempts to license those episodes ever since so basically, the writer of the, the writer of the original episode, Sun, will not let the BBC Trump put them on iPlayer, and he, and it's fast, and but everyone's that feels furious really with him. Sad. Yeah, it but is. unless sad.
1: we don't know what's going on though
2: Well, you know, I mean, maybe I don't the want Whovians, to get sued maybe but, the
1: Hoovians should have a whip round starting with Boyd.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, boy, well, you can buy it's everything, those, can't oh you? My God, These references to my wealth are really... <laughs> <to tears>. Sorry, <laughs> so I can hear you. All the gold chains are yeah, rustling quite loudly. Exactly. <laughs> he's like
1: Mister T. Over here. <laughs>
0: oh, oh,
2: oh. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's kind of infuriating because I really want to watch the first series. Well, you two, fucking cackling away like... <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry yeah, word. so yeah. that is yeah, it's a real, it's devastating. It's a devastating blow. We can't watch, we can't review the first episode, Doctor two because it won't be on the iPlayer. That is devastating. Yeah. Thank you. All the other <laughs> episodes will be a
0: sarcastic twat. No,
1: but it seems like it's. Yeah, it seems it, it's annoying that it's incomplete.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. Really th- right. I mean, it, the completionist in me, it bugs yeah, the hell out of me, that does. yeah.
2: But it's very interesting, it opens up the whole world of copyright, who, you know, who what rights you have to get, you have to get the permission of his estate, his son, even though, you know, this guy passed away, and you'd think, you know, like Netflix owns the rights to its shows anyway, that's maybe, that's you can see that that's why they do that, so they can't get into this kind of position mm-hmm. where they're prevented from keeping stuff on their library, but by copyright disputes yeah. with... But
1: it's fine, it's good to be wise members. after the event, though. Like, I mean, what can we do now? What do you mean? As in, like, yeah, but we didn't know. That, I mean, when, when was this created in the 60s, oh, in 70s? Yeah, exactly. Like, no <laughs> I one was see. thinking about it then. In
2: 1963, yeah. yeah. No, no one was thinking about it then, uh, clearly. Then, the other story I wanted to mention was, and this is going to, uh, I'm going to preempt this by saying um, James is going to laugh at this. Oh, God. But then he's going to regret it. This is my prediction. <laughs> okay. So he'll laugh, then he'll regret <laughs> it. Then I'll regret it. Once okay. I point out. Okay, a certain fine. thing. Right. Get ready, okay? Yeah. So the news that broke today yes. is that the BBC has cancelled Doctors.
1: <gasps> oh.
2: What's your response? <laughs> Damn, it's just the, looking at me no, blankly. Yeah. No,
1: but does he know what it is? The daytime Yeah,
2: daytime <laughs> serial I don't, know what, it, I don't know what it is. It's, day, it's like a soap. It's daytime oh, okay. soap. 23
3: years. Right, doctors never heard of it, on. But sure. It's on
2: every weekday on uh-huh. BBC One in the afternoon.
1: It's devastating, though, it's de- for yeah, it's been good canceled. reason.
2: Yes, because it was a... A brilliant kind of it, it provided a lot of writers and actors a, gr- a grounding for their profession. and gave them, you know di- every crew, directors, everything, um, and it's really sad. Yeah, and no, people people are up in arms. You know, right? I've seen writers and um, all sorts of people complaining. Phoebe Waller Bridge, Eddie Redmayne, Showden Smith, Nicholas Holt, all featured in Doctors. Mm. Um, you know, back in the day, and it is really really sad. Uh, you know, it is yeah. It was
1: the entry point for a lot of writers yeah. to get into entry TV. Point.
2: That's the phrase I was looking for. Mm. Yeah.
0: So yeah, James
1: is up. looking at us blankly, but a lot yeah. of your favourite writers.
0: It's mostly blank. Mm.
1: He's <laughs> flatlining over there. No heart. He's got no
0: heart. Oh, oh it's hard for me to get upset about a thing I literally don't know what it is. So
1: <laughs> fair enough.
0: Fair enough, yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. So that was the, the the big news of the day. Right. Should we put news out of its misery?
1: <laughs> yeah, DNR. I think we should.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Let us move on then to this week's reviews. And we begin with fellow travellers. This is based on the novel by Thomas Mallon and it stars Matt Boma and Jonathan Bailey in a love story that takes place in the 1950s during the heart of McCarthyism in the US. Boydie, are you, or have you ever, been a member of the Communist Party? <laughs> 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 Do you know what? i I have to check
2: that. I haven't, but I probably came quite close when I was an annoying student. Yeah, I was quite, I was a very lefty. When you were
1: backpacking.
2: Yeah, I know, I know you weren't expecting a serious answer to that question. It was, <laughs> it was a joke. But um, I was a member of quite, some quite left-wing groups. Yeah, but not the, not actually the Communist Party. Mm. Uh, but you're white, the reason you're saying that is because this is set during the McCarthyite period yes. of the 50s. And that is the backdrop Washington, D.C. in the 50s, although it starts, of course, it's in the 80s, and then it flashes back, as all dramas do, in the peak TV era. Um, but it's the main body of it of the story is set in the 50s, and it does follow the burgeoning relationship between uh, a character played by Matt Bomer of um, taking his clothes off regularly. Fame in the ma- <laughs> <laughs> Magic Mike.
1: Why the hell not, frankly? <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, if you look You've like Matt it? Bomer, um, yeah, if we, I look we, like do you Matt know what? Bomer, he's got resistance.
3: He, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, pants. he's got resistance pants coming Everything. out of his arse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Li- exactly. Um, well, I hope they're
1: not coming out. of
3: his <laughs> then, I mean, he
2: yeah, that's no comfortable way to wear them. He's definitely got a peloton, and he uses it. Oh um, yeah. Yes.
3: Um,
2: so he is this guy who is a advisor. He's in the political. He's a fictional character. He's in the political world of the fifties, kind of advising right-wing politicians and people like the real-life characters of Joseph McCarthy, who set up, who was the set up became became a adjective McCarthyite because he was the one who launched these witch hunts, not just against communists, but against people they considered to be morally questionable, yeah. i.e. LGBTQ people, mm-hmm. we call them as we would call them now. Um and he he is like a right wing, a fairly ruthless right wing figure who goes who kind of has this secret life where he's having rampant sex with other men he meets Tim played by Jonathan Bailey Johnny Bailey oh, off of Bridgerton
1: dreamboat
2: Kay's favourite Kay, mm-hmm. Kay, Kay, <laughs> Kay I handsome appreciate man his work Christendom um, he's also got resistance uh, pants oh, as well yeah. the two of them have a, have an affair and I have to say and and the the, the the drama itself plays out over I think eight episodes it's quite epic uh, seven episodes it follows their relationship through the 50s 60s 70s right up to the 80s because they're kind of estranged and it deals with you know in the 80s it deals with the era of AIDS uh um, um, etc. But it's kind of like, it's a bit like, having watched a couple of episodes, it feels like they're telling the story of gay men via these this relationship. And also, it's a kind of a bit of a political thriller at the same time, because mm. it's showing you what McCarthy was like, and Roy Cohn, who was his prosecutor. Roy Cohn is yeah. this incredible figure, who's dramatized in Angels in America, the classic play and TV series, who so was a real-life figure, who was this unbelievably horrendous, awful, bigoted, right-wing... Utter Belend who was also gay and um, so it's in this very interesting and I think very topical in a way I mean I saw a story only yesterday about an American politician who was very vigorously anti-LGBTQ particularly anti-trans who was found with pictures of naked people on his on his computer and stuff. So this is happens all the time. Like the, these most right-wing and judgmental of people often end up being people who well, are overcompensating. Overcompensating yeah. all of that. It deals with a lot of that. So I found it fascinating. But what I would say is it is th- raunchy. It is raunchy Yay. as hell. It is it raunchy is, as hell. Yeah. And not only in the ways you might expect,
0: you know, where sex scenes Cox between Cox Kimbo <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so, I'm trying I'm trying Isn't me trying to think of a subtle way of putting no, James it. James is going to be straight explicit. in oh, yeah, cocktail yeah. Not only that, the toe sucking. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. There's some All toe sorts sucking. Of questions. Yes, it's very
1: sensual, guys. I have questions, sorry? Sensual scenes.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah. thought you'd I very, must admit, there was a part central. of me I was you were just like, like, "No,
1: I'm just saying they like." Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking
0: ab- advocating for time. It looked like Listen, he'd just been. They, he'd had a busy day at work and just taken his shoes off. I think oh, you want to have a shower no. first. I'm I, like, I, so I like was a bit James. Like, James. like, I did. I was James. quite hung up on that. I was absolutely <laughs> is... thinking the same. I was like, No, okay, yeah, we peel. all work.
1: Because like, the thing is, there's a sort of an obsession with taking socks off, right? Socks appeal. I was like, Yeah, okay, fine. Okay, that's going to happen. I can, I can handle that. And then as soon as he started going near that thing, I was like, He has not been.
2: Yeah, well, here's yeah. My, I've got lots of questions, <laughs> and I think, in fact, my I resolved to get get Johnny Bailey on the on the, on the <gasps> yes, podcast please. to ask him about all of this mm-hmm. because obviously I'm sure there's intimacy coordinators and yeah. stuff. But what? Yeah, like what's Johnny Bailey for in, t- when he's read, cool. when he's reading the script <laughs> and it says, and then you grab his foot and you stick his foot in your mouth, you stick most of his foot <laughs> in your mouth, <laughs> yes. in your mouth. What is
0: your reaction? You're like, yeah.
2: okay, that's a lot of trust, isn't it? Of the, uh, of yeah, the other what's person. What's he going to do? Is
0: he going to protest or is he going to toe the line?
2: Oh. <laughs> Oh, you've been preparing that look how happy he is with that he's so happy he's so the lion I mean it's good I'll give you that but it's so fascinating it's a rare I think I remember saying this about that scene in the White Lotus famous scene in the White Lotus oh yeah 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 where like it's rare that you get a sex act a moment of intimacy that you do, that's out of out of the norm, norms of what you normally get on TV, and I feel like this is definitely pushed back another boundary of toe related. Yeah, but I think it's brilliant. related. No, no, no. I'm totally. Yeah, I think, I think it's it's, great. it's fascinating and clever. It's, but I really want to know what the backstory is of I how just, they filmed this scene. Can I I'm just tell you something, by the right? Whole
1: thing. So uh, I watched the majority of this at home. And yes. which is totally, you know, I I love this. I think it's fantastic for so many different reasons. And then I had to finish watching it in the office, right? And I was watching it as that toe toast, yes. toast sucking scene came on. Yeah. And that's why, a few, like about five minutes later, 10 minutes later, Boyd looked over to me and he goes, Why are you watching that lavish drama, a size of a thumbnail? The yeah, columnist. she had a
2: tiny little box.
1: Because he's sucking his toe and I had it massive, I had it yeah. full screen. I as... Mean, um,
2: I mean, it was just toe sucking. It could have been. A lot oh yeah, worse. yeah. Oh. I mean, maybe it will get more worse. Maybe, it'll, yeah. maybe, maybe the
0: foot-related uh, sex will get more explicit. Who knows? You know. Well, listen. Because that that particular scene, I don't think it's like like that's not a scene that I would have been coy about if it had been on the train, right? Because it's not particularly, you know, <laughs> no, graphic. It's not, more suggestive it's it's and sensual No, 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 no. And no, it's no, just no, it's no, just surprising. Oh, yeah. It's like it's literal foot uh, in mouth syndrome. No, like no, it's... no. <laughs> but he, he moves
1: up. He's, he doesn't. Oh no, no stay yes, No, he doesn't stay on his
0: toes. He does. He does progress. That is true. sorry I'm sorry.
2: Just imagining you on the tube <laughs> with your laptop <laughs> and the toe with foot sucking scene I've done. You're like, it's perfectly normal. It's
0: hey, and hey! everyone's like, what I've already told guy? you about my plane situation playing immortality oh, yeah. when I was having to zoom in on boobs.
1: Yeah, do you want a the plane? Who would be obsessed for a week yeah. about boobs?
0: Yeah. yeah, but even that is like boobs are boobs. This is this is <laughs> this is a toe. This is a foot, <laughs> foot in mouth. It's,
1: yeah, it's sexy it's scenes. A lot. a lot of sexy scenes. Yep.
2: Yeah. Anyway, I've kudos kudos to them for coming. Up with that, and I, as I say, I have to find out what the, it doesn't
1: the, feel gratuitous. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it does.
2: I think I, I'm not criticizing. I, I, I honestly, I'm totally in favor of it. I think it feels like it definitely feels like they were thought long and hard about how to have a scene that you may not have seen before on TV because we're pushing of the boundaries. So to me, it did feel like to me, and I, mean, I give them, I get them credit for it. I'm trying I think to think if there's
1: thing. any toe sucking. I've I seen it, anything else. I mean, the front pages of the news. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, you know. yeah.
2: Fergie, yeah.
1: Fergie was the OG toe sucker. Dealt,
2: the, dealt <laughs> within the crown. Yeah. <laughs> Not visually though, not fully dramatized. <laughs> I mean, that probably would have been a, a bridge too far, a Bridgerton too far, <laughs> Bridgerton too far for Netflix. Um, oh, prob- uh, do you know? I, I'm feeling that I think there is. I think there is a film or TV show that's. I'm sure it's not the first, but it just is. It's quite a sudden moment. It's hmm. a very effective. It's very clever. It's an arresting image. It's provocative. Image. <laughs> it's arresting. All of those things. And I agree. And the, I think the show is 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 excellent. I think it's really well done. That the, the, the those two have a great chemistry together. And I think it's fascinating that Jonathan Bailey's character is a is a staunch Christian, yeah. and um, Matt Bomer's character is just a staunch, kind of ruthless Republican. And to have those, you don't. It's rare that you see, it, as rare as it is to see toe, toe sucking <laughs> on TV. It's also rare to see right wing gay people, are like the, on TV as well. And mm. So this is a fascinating story, very well told. And I'm interested in just how ruthless Matt Bowman's character he is fucking horrible yeah, he at the is. same time as like he's the kind of in quotes hero of the story but he's really nasty yes. horrible and ruthless well, and we... will think nothing of double crossing you know people in it without wanting to give anything away
1: yeah that's the thing because we see him like covering his back in quite despicable yeah, way horrible.
2: yeah horrible yeah. so in all those ways it's kind of a refreshing different mm. new spin on you know a kind of on, on an age old story doesn't pass the bell end
0: test uh, for you. I mean, you didn't like. He didn't like. <laughs> well, he was a bellend.
2: Oh, he was, but yeah, yeah, he is. But yeah. Jonathan Spader's not. No, he's great. Like, yeah, yeah, but okay. he's
0: always in a scene with the bellend. Uh, he rarely okay. gets to speak to anyone. I mean, it's very hard who to know bellend. what
1: you're. If you <laughs> <laughs> literally to <just> speaking.
0: <laughs> what do you say? Oh,
2: that's true. I mean, yeah. it, it, I like, In bellend, many ways, yes. yes. In episode two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry
0: literal
1: I really enjoy it. I think it's such a beautiful love story like beyond you know Well
0: I I would have I would have thought it was more beautiful if one of them wasn't a raging <laughs> Yeah yeah because
3: like, well, it's, it it's,
0: it's kind of it's it's not I mean it's a little bit toxic at times I think yeah. I think a lot of it yeah, is of that course. he for his own protection has set up emotional barriers so he doesn't get involved with people mm. and he behaves like a dick I think partly out of self-protection rather than because inherently he's a penis but um, <laughs> so I think you do see and certainly by the end of the first episode you're starting to see that maybe there is more to him than just this yeah, incredibly in fact, unpleasant exterior yeah do there's yeah. a whole
1: you know like that I think it's just I don't know I found it really sort of heartbreaking and exhilarating at the same time. And I at the at the end of the first episode, I just found it crushing. Like I was just I actually got quite teary. It was quite an emotional roller coaster for me, actually. I really, really am invested in this and so I can't mm-hmm. wait to watch the rest of it and I will commit to watching it because I've just realised the other day that I start watching stuff for the podcast and then because we're watching so many different things i never get to finish anything whereas with this I'm committing I really want yeah. to see how it that, but this,
0: this is a genuine issue I was actually thinking this the other day looking through my to watch is the amount of shows I genuinely love but haven't been able to finish mm. because it's relentless because I had obviously 10 hours of Bosch to watch but uh, anyway anyway Fellow Travellers which comes to the Paramount Plus when, Boydie? Saturday On Saturday Yes Next up we have the Enfield Poltergeist, which is a curious Apple documentary that blends historical media with modern reenactments. And this tells the story of a supposed haunting that happened in North London back in the seventies. A story that will be very familiar to anyone who happened to watch The Conjuring too. Uh, Kay, as our resident horror buff, not to mention someone who's prone to throw household <laughs> objects around the room with little to no warning, did you get into the spirit of no, the Enfield Poltergeist? No, no I didn't.
1: Um, I did not this is an interesting one Um, primarily because when I first I mean to be very like honest about this and so this is my issue not with the show just my issues is that I had some technical issues we pulled the record of this forward I was running out of time so I was like getting a bit stressed out trying to watch it and then I was I was shooting questions at Boyd and he was getting frustrated that I wasn't just watching it because I was confused okay so I started watching this and I thought it was a drama and I thought it was in a similar way to The Reckoning which was about real you know obviously real life events but it was a drama book ended with um, first person accounts etc I thought it was like that So, but I was getting really confused because then there was like mention of lip syncing and blah 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 and then so I kept on asking I was like what is going what, what, what is this and then he explained he was like no and then he finally like uh, acquiesced and told me and so it's it's a documentary about well exactly what you've just said James
0: the um the Enfield haunting it yeah. is a famous so the conjuring 2 is literally called the enfield haunting and it is the story of this famous incident that happened in I don't know what year it was 76 was it, it was in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, and it was in enfield in north london which is very near where i used to live uh, and which were that all the houses those all those very sort of clear sort of semis look those north london semis look very uh, very familiar to me but uh, there are a family mother son Two daughters. Yeah. And there is some, so we say supernatural activity which seems to centralize around the two girls, one of them in particular called Janet. And uh, in The Conjuring 2, obviously it's Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson investigating this. Uh, and at the end of that film, over the credits, they play these audio recordings, which are famously because when they investigated this haunting, they recorded the audio. So what they've done, they've essentially extrapolated <laughs> the credits from The Conjuring 2 and made a documentary out of it. So you've got all of the audio, which is recorded by the paranormal investigator and the journalist and whatnot but to give it a little bit of visual interest they have sort of period dressed actors from the modern day reenacting the scenes and lip syncing to the original no. audio so you have modern actors in 4k <laughs> wearing 70s clothes and 70s tashes i should point out but they are lip syncing along to this slightly tinny old audio recordings from the 70s.
1: It doesn't me. It was just too like, I mean, and then I had this discussion with Boyd, a pre-pod discussion. I know it's illegal, but he was like, no, this happens a lot. And I was like, who thought of this? That's
2: who- it. Not that's yeah, <laughs> no, <as yeah>. <laughs> They're all over the place. No, yeah. lip syncing. The lip syncing, mm. getting actors to lip sync um, verbatim recordings is a quite, fairly recent phenomenon as far as I know, but it now happens quite a lot. There was a documentary about AIDS on BBC that used it rather brilliantly. There was another documentary about a school in scotland i think that did it as well so it's become increasingly popular i think i when i see i i always think it's an incredible technical achievement mm. to lip to, to sync so brilliantly and i have mm. to the actors on this do it brilliantly i think that you all if you didn't know you'd think oh that's a bit weird that but it is like this coming out of their mouths you the think, if
0: you didn't know you'd think did boy drop the microphone is that why the audio sounds yeah, so terrible exactly yeah
1: <laughs> i am um, oh. <laughs> i Do you know what? I agree. It is like, it is a real skill and a craft. However, it is weird. And what happens then is then I become fixated on seeing if there's any like mismatch. Do you know what I mean? That's Mm. why I'm starting to concentrate on more than the actual what they're saying. So I just, I think either make a documentary or do a dramatization. I'm not into this mashup of genres. I just don't think it works is my bottom line.
2: I mean, it's not it's it's quite, I mean it's confusing because it's not really a dramatization it is using that device and on top of that device you get interviews with actual people yeah. who were there so it kind of like it is a bit it is a bit confusing I think the the, the format of it and it's kind of thrush there's, there's little kind of like artistic arty touches like so they kind of bring in the they, they show you the build of the fake house don't they that's right first yeah. um, so I think like it's slightly hung up on itself I felt and so I'm kind of agreeing with you for me the issue was I think it was trying to be a bit clever clever I don't know I think this story has been told so many times so not only in The Conjuring 2 I, I mean I, I, there is also there was the basis for Ghostwatch the legendary Stephen Falk spoof, spoof kind of spooky drama which was a legendary in 1992 um, it was there was, a, there was a Sky drama series called The Enfield, Enfield Haunting um, in 2015 there was um, there is a play called The Enfield Haunting which is just about to start in the West End, with Catherine Tate as the main role, and that's and that's going kind of literally on about any minute now on the base. So this story has become kind of like iconic, uh, you know, an overused word, but in this case, it actually, is appropriate. One of the most famous, probably the most famous alleged hauntings in the world, because and what does make it of interest to me is you've got a gr- more than one person, you've got a group of people who all think they saw stuff that yeah. was paranormal, and I think that as a complete skeptic. I don't believe in this stuff for one one minute. I don't believe in anything otherworldly or supernatural or anything or religious or anything. It's all bullshit as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but this does stop you in your tracks because you've got, you know, eloquent people who don't seem to be bonkers, who all kind of seem to be saying that they saw objects moving and people behaving in a way that was absolutely unaccountable for unaccountable is that the word or whatever um and it's and it is fascinating so i think that's why it's so famous but it is quite incredible how many tellings of this story there
0: have been. Mm. And I would recommend you do not read up on the
2: Unfield
4: haunting
0: yeah. on Wikipedia because it will utterly sure. ruin the show for you. What's interesting about this is Janet, who is the girl mm. who the haunting is based around. The daughter, is that? Uh yeah, the little girl yeah. appears in this documentary. Mm. So she yeah. is interviewed in one of the later episodes. And I think really that's that's the sort of the showstopper, mm. is that they bring her in to talk about it. So I think that's interesting. But I know what you mean. Like the, the format of it, this the reenactment thing, it's a little bit jarring for me at times. Yeah, exactly. And and because they obviously you're using a lot of this audio it's because it's neither one thing nor the other is it because if you're going to do a documentary you would cut that very specifically in know to tell a very specific story if you're doing a dramatization you would tell it but this is neither one thing nor the other mm. so it's slightly rambling and random mm. at times because they're using this great audio because this is the audio that they've got yeah uh But sometimes you're just like, well, this isn't
1: doing much for me. There's this um, Graham Morris, a Daily Mirror photographer, who's walking around a reconstructed scene. Yeah. And he goes, oh, it was so many years ago. This is weird. This is strange. Yeah. I thought, yes, it is fucking weird and strange. <laughs> Graham, what is going on? He's walking on? around
0: the set that they've yeah, created, exactly. and then at the end of the episode, the camera kind of drifts out the window to show you the soundstage that the set is constructed on. Obviously, that's not, yeah, yeah, which is again a slightly odd conceit, mm, but it's yeah. just showing you that this is a fabrication of a seventies house. It's not actually the 70s. Although they do show you the outsides of I don't know where this exact address. I'm assuming it probably is, but it's that classic sort of like North London. So semi. if it wasn't,
1: what would be the point? Do you know what I mean? I just there's a lot of these little quirks yeah. and things. I'm like. Like, what is the I suspect
0: it, it really? is the real house though it does have modern double glazing so I don't think it's a period <laughs> shot I think it's a modern shot um, but yeah I, like it's, it's an interesting story but ultimately I was left thinking you're better off watching The Conjuring too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow and uh, that is a bit of an indictment after say. sorry yeah, yeah. anyway this airs on Apple TV Plus when Boydie? oh uh, that's a good question uh, Friday on Friday finally this week we have three little birds. This is a Windrush story written by National Treasure, Sir Lenny Henry. Uh, and based loosely on his own mother's experience moving to the UK in the late 50s, this is produced by the notorious RTD. We do not have three little birds to discuss this one but we do have one little Boyd. Oh,
2: <laughs> sweet. Um, yes. Uh, this is a, it's it's interesting how um, Lenny Henry hasn't written that much. You know, I mean, he wrote write, write some of his kind of own comedy stuff down mm-hmm. the years and there was a one-off drama based on his family a few years ago on the BBC which was really good. Um, but this was like a, a new thing for him in a way, a big kind of a kind of very important passion project that's also a proper Sunday night period drama on ITV1 and um, I think it's really good I think he's done a really good and interesting he worked with Russell T. Davis on it a lot Russell T. Davis kind of like helped him with the script helped him kind of get the shape together and you know kind of, kind of almost like as an advisory role I believe and his you know credits I think his official credits is an producer and Lenny Henry pops up in it as a, a, as a character but he's definitely not the main character the main characters are these three sisters three uh, women two sisters and their friend. And the contrast between they're very well delineated I think what the the reason why I I don't want to give Russell Davis all the credit this is Lenny Henry's work for sure but I I feel like the influence of Russell's there because in the way that after about 10 minutes of being introduced to these three main characters you know them pretty well Mm. you're like oh yeah I believe in them you know one of them's a staunch Christian they're going over from Jamaica to uh, Britain they're stopping off in London first then they're going to go up to Dudley in the Westminster which is of course where Lenny Henry grew up and um, they're making this journey for one of the women wants to be famous wants to be like an actress and wants to go into show business another one has the Christian one thinks she's going to meet um, the, their brother and be and he's a good prospective husband for mm-hmm. her and she, that's kind of her story and the other woman faces a really tough situation at home with her husband and I it's difficult to know where how spoilery to get about that but I thought her story was very powerful yeah. and quite surprisingly kind of like powerful hard, hitting. Like. hard hitting for this going out eight o'clock by the way this is an eight mm-hmm. o'clock Sunday slot and it's not you might consider that to be the cozy you know now, that's the cosy crime slot. Yeah, it was it's not cosy. It's, it's not quite cozy. upsetting at times. It is quite upsetting mm. at times. Exactly. So I thought it was really admirable for that. I think it's really good that it's going out pre-watershed because I think families will, will will find it fascinating. And it's just you know this is going out in Black History Month. I think I think that's a deliberate move by ITV one. But as Lenny Henry said at the launch of this, which I went to, this is a story that could be told any time and has to be told and has to keep being told, especially at the time because these. This Windrush generation, remember, they were pretty much invited over by the by, by the British. You know, asked they, to come. They were asked, they were asked to, come. to come. They were encouraged to come. Mm. And then as soon as they arrive, they're subjected to racism mm-hmm. and horrendous treatment. And you've got, you know, the signs up in pubs, which no Irish, no blacks, no dogs, which really were I remember seeing those signs like when I was a kid. You know, really? they, they yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They they were still around until fairly recently. Wait, are you a vampire? No, I'm not a vampire. Okay. I'm just old. <laughs> I'm very, very old. Um, Yeah, I remember seeing those. So it does not, it, 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 it does that really good thing, which I think the best TV drama does, best kind of like big mainstream TV drama, which is that it smuggles in a lot of issues and topics and um if, and, and kind of a lot of the anger within you know lenny henry at the way his relatives are treated within a very accessible instantly kind of enjoyable quite funny sometimes uh story so you get the racism the way they're treated You yet the police being absolute fucking racist mm-hmm. bastards basically and there's more of that in episode two there's like a police raid thing that goes on and more m- more involvement with the police who were completely institutionally racist and may and probably still are in fact um so it kind of and the the, the um, domestic situation of that character, and it kind of it incorporates all of this stuff into a very very interesting, entertaining show. So I think it's really good. I think it it's strikes that job. balance, doesn't yeah. it? Of
1: being entertaining, yet yeah, it is very it's a sobering watch, mm. and I think it's an important watch because actually some of this stuff I wasn't. Obviously, you knew a lot of the elements of this, but to see it play out and mm. see it, how, it makes a
0: difference, doesn't it? It's, yeah, a diff- it really it's does. different to reading broad strokes about what Windrush was,
1: and I think because you're right, because you become so invested in these three characters and their stories, you really feel their pain. You know, they've come over for this better life in the mm. UK. This is what they've been promised. And at one point they're like, why did we come? This is worse than Jamaica. Yeah. You know, you kind of like just see that it, there's a particular, so one of them who wants to become an actress, she gets a job, I think, as a nan, nanny with this sort of white middle-class family. And, you know, the dad says, oh, yeah, that's, Basically, the, the one of the kids was asking about like uh, you know saying oh she's dark or something like that, and she's like yep, exactly what we ordered, mm-hmm. and stay and told her to stay off the gra- grass, and then was like uh, no you you go round the back, you don't enter through the front door. And yeah,
0: that was that was honestly, really unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: but this is the reality and the big with the passport. Faced.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's like levels of racism. It's yeah, got, you yeah. know, you've got your kind of almost casual, offhand racism mm-hmm. of that of that white family. Yeah, then you've got really horrible, nasty, disgusting police racism. Mm-hmm. It, it's really interesting how it, do, it, it it depicts all the all those different forms of it, if you like, um, at the same time in different ways. It's fascinating. I think
1: I think Lenny Henry with RTD just had a yeah, fantastic. Great job. Job.
2: We, we should mention the cast. So, Rochelle Neal plays Leah, the one sister. Safran Kumba is her sister, Sean and Yasmin Bilo who is brilliant as the Christian friend, Hosanna. Um, they are all just excellent. I mean, they're absolutely mm. fantastic. And as I say, like they, they, you can, you kind of, feel, I felt you knew them quite, in, quite quickly and quite instantly. And Javone Prince, as well, who plays their brother, um, who's kind of like a doofus, a bumbling doofus. Um, but he feels so
0: much yeah. responsibility oh, for them, and it's so sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, no, completely. But yeah, it is moving at the same time. Mm. See, I was expecting this to be cosy when I went into mm. it. Not just because of the slots. I thought, oh, it was Lenny Henry. That's going to be lovely. You thought yeah.
1: that because it was ITV. James. It's, based it's, on it's ICV, ITV. Yeah.
0: It's based on Winifred Henry's life. I thought it would be a lovely, kind of like slightly <laughs> yeah. nostalgic look at family and whatnot. I was not prepared for quite how mm. hard this actually hits. Like, it, yeah. it really does. And it's and the period setting is beautifully done as well. Like, it feels incredibly authentic. And, you know, I, I don't remember the signs in pubs like that. But I do remember how different the view on race was back then like not not back then then because that I wasn't alive when this is there but like going back even when I was a kid like going way back then like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's quite significant and seeing it you know depicted here in the 50s and 60s is brutal like Mm -hmm. absolutely brutal, just horrific and as Boydie says the fact that these people were invited over here like come here like we want you to come and then they got here and were basically abused by people. Okay, well, Three Little Birds then, which airs on the ITV. When, Boydie? It actually starts on Sunday. The- oh, that's right. It yesterday. has aired on As, the ITV. Yeah,
2: so we didn't have time for it last week. Yes. So we, we put, we've we done it this week. Yes. How many six. episodes?
0: How many episodes? I think it's six. Three Little Birds, six little episodes. Oh, yes. Yes. Very Excellent. Uh, what else is on this week? Uh, well, we should say that Time returns. Season 2 of Time, yes. which has Bella Ramsey in it. It yeah. has Jodie Whittaker in it. Yeah. Uh, and that lands on Sunday on BBC One. And we're going to be reviewing that on this week's Pilot Plus on Thursday. Yeah, uh, What We Do in the Shadows returns for its fifth season on Disney Plus that's on Wednesday Uh, is there anything else Spidey? There is a documentary
2: about Lenny Henry on Thursday on ITV1 at 9 o'clock which covers his whole career and the build up to um, The uh, Three Little Birds Um, uh, it's not a massive week I have to say there is there's a thing called The Lions of Sicily Mm. which is on Disney Plus from Wednesday Um, they didn't have screeners ready it's a period Italian drama set between 1800 and 1860 adapted from a novel The Florios of Sicily and it's about brothers and small spice merchants Paolo and Ignazio who escaped Ignazio in fact because it's Italian who escaped their backwards looking region of Calabria to start fresh in Sicily
1: I wanted to watch that
2: it's got K written all over yeah. it um, uh, yeah so there's that
3: uh,
2: I think that might be it there's life on our planet on Netflix on Wednesday if you like that kind of thing animals <laughs> I like an animal yeah I
1: mean if you don't like animals you want to be avoided
2: yeah there's a documentary about Millie Vanilli which will be fascinating remember the Millie Vanilli scandal you were I don't Milli remember Vanilli? I know no. who Millie Vanilli was but I don't know what the scandal was well, they didn't was. sing on their own reckon- record what yeah yeah, it was a scandal at the time. Who's In the eighties? Just session singers, you know. Wow, yeah, That's yeah, terrible. Yes, yeah. So it was. Yeah, it was a big, big, big uh, scandal. And usually, was the league of their own. James's favourite. Starts Wednesday. The comedy sports panel show that Kay and I mm-hmm. both like very much because it's very funny and entertaining, but is absolutely
0: not one for James.
3: <laughs> there
0: you go. Pick of the week. What will be our pick of the week? So, Fair I
2: travelers.
1: yeah, I love Three Little Birds, mm, but I'm obsessed with Fellow Travellers.
0: Yeah, FT. Toes. Toes. Oh, just just for the toes. toe has it. Just for the toes. I'm in. I'm sold. (laughs) That's it for this week's episode of the Pilot TV podcast. If you enjoyed it as ever, please do head to Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice and leave us a five sucked toe rating. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Someone mentioned Fiji in one of the reviews I was pleased about. Did they? Did they? Yeah. Was championing saying, come on Fiji, get on with it.
0: Come on Fiji? Come on you Fiji. Get on
1: board with the podcast.
0: Yeah. Please do follow us on the social media at James C. Dye, at Boyd Hilton, at K. Rivera, and at Pilot TV Pod. Um... We'll be back in your ears, as we've said on Thursday, reviewing Time. We're also going to be dealing with two episodes of BoJack Horseman by popular demand. Oh, yeah. God I'll help me. That, yeah. uh, so that's going to be fun. And next week, what are we going to be reviewing next week? Who knows? It's Halloween, but that's no horror for Kay. All the Light We <laughs> Cannot See comes to Netflix next week. Invincible Season 2 comes to Prime. Lawmen Bass Reeves comes to Paramount+. Plus. Uh, and The Gilded Age Season 2 comes to Sky. I don't know if there's anything else. I don't even know if we'll be able to review those. But you have to tune in next week? to find out. Until then, pilot out.